how would you like to rank number one on Google without using SEO? Hey, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Business podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Lacey Boggs from LaceyBoggs.com. Now, Lacey has over nine years of content creation experience. She has a world-class team who crush it at content creation. But more importantly, they adopt and implement content creation strategies that actually make money. In this podcast episode, Lacey and I talk about how to actually write for the human first, okay, and how you can get ranked on Google, top of Google, when you write for the human first. We also talk about what a bad content strategy looks like versus the good content strategy. And we break down that good content strategy and how you can actually have just one great article that can convert, build leads, and make money even if you are just blogging and even if you don't have your own products to sell, even if you're just running an ad site or an affiliate site, how you can win without having to create too much content, stressing yourself out and not actually getting a great result from it. We also talk about how you can turbocharge the traffic on your site with ads. Yes, for an ad revenue site and for an affiliate site. And then we talk about how to write for your audience, how to find out what your customer language actually is by using these different tools and using these different resources to ensure that you create a great piece of quality content. This podcast episode has been such a delight. You're absolutely going to love it. Lacey shares so many great content marketing value bombs. Now, before we get stuck into this episode, I want to tell you that this podcast is not the only way I can help you for free. I have my due diligence framework, which a lot of people have been raving about. So many people in the industry are using to buy their first website business, and it takes all the guesswork out of buying an online business. It includes questions you need to ask about the business, questions you need to ask the seller and the broker. So to get that, go to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources, and there's some other awesome free resources on that page too. Let's get stuck into the episode. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish. So from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites, but don't want to drop $20,000 on your first investment? Check out Odie's where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odie's done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium age domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.global to check out their great deals. That's O-D-Y-S dot G-L-O-B-A-L. Link will be in the description too. Lacey, thank you so much for coming on the Buying Online Businesses podcast. Welcome. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I was saying to you before we hit the record buttons um, on this, we, you know, I, when I found out about you and what you're doing, I went to your site and I looked through your site and I got excited. And then as I read more, I got more excited. 
And then I was like, yes, this is going to, I've got so many questions. How are we going to fit it all in? But let's just try (laughs) and stick with the golden nuggets um, for this one. Now, a lot of people listening to this podcast, Lacey, are, you know, they're looking at buying an online business. Usually a content website is their first type of business they're looking at buying because it's less of a learning curve. So blogs. And what everybody learns when we're looking at, you know, niche content websites is, uh, basically how to create a blog post that's just highly optimized for SEO to get ranked sure. one, you know, top of, top of Google. However, I know that there's so many downfalls and so many things they can be missing out on that they're not harnessing in terms of like relationship building um, and, you know, journeys and all these different things that can come from good content. And I know that you've you know, you get a lot of clients that come to you that are like, hey, can you help me with my blog and my content? Like, I'm sure you've got some pet peeves around like when what people do either incorrectly or not so well with their content. So what would you see is like one of the most common thing that people do that sort of is a bit, a bit of a pet peeve for you when, with their content creation? Sure, sure. Um, I think I think the biggest one that I see is when people are not thinking enough about their audience when they're writing the content. Yeah. And so, you know, something I say often is that we write for humans first and Google second, because uh, even, you know, everything, we can do all the things in our power to rank on Google, but if it's not great, people are going to hit that back button right away, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we have to write for the human first. Uh, And that means considering what does that ideal reader need? What's their journey? What are they actually coming to your website for? Um, It can be very easy to just say, oh, I'm going to write some how-to articles maybe because that's what people are searching for. Mm. But what's going to get them to click a second thing on your website and the third thing and come back and make you the go-to expert? Because that's when you're really going to start building up uh, an audience that's loyal to you and that will come back over and over and over again. And believe me, that's very attractive to advertisers when you have a loyal returning audience. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, I'm so glad that you said right for the human first, because like not only are they going to, okay, the, the, the content's ranked quite high and they come to it and they can leave. But when you do write for the human, that second and third click, what that actually does I think for people that don't understand is like when you have a content site, it's not just about getting people to one page to click an ad like that. First, we need to build a trust bridge, if you want to call right. it that, right? And, right? and build a relationship with those people. And and how can we gain trust? It's like trust is gained over time. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a relationship is built over time. And, you know, I can have a relationship with somebody that I've known for a year and I see them once a week, right? Mm-hmm. And then I could have a relationship with somebody that I've got a relationship with them for a year, but I see them once a month. Obviously, the person that I you know, see once a week, I'm going to have a far better relationship with them because I'm right. spending that time with them. And if we re- relate that time we spend with the person in person to like how long we spend you know, cr- you know, on a piece of content, right. trust bridges built so much quicker in a shorter time frame, the more they consume our content, right? So what 100%. are some of those things that we, you know, can make our content better by writing for the human? Yeah, great question. So 
we have to kind of think about what is the journey that they're on? What do they actually need out of the post? Are they there for information? Are they there for entertainment? Are they there for inspiration? Um, you know, especially when we're looking to drive traffic, there are a lot of tried and true blog post templates that you can use that people have used over and over again. The how-to is a good example mm-hmm. or a list post, you know, where you're listing out here are 18 different things you could do for in this situation. But think about what can you do to take that the extra step to make it that much more useful for the human? Because Google's getting smarter every day, right? And, and those algorithms are getting smarter every day and they can tell when somebody spends more time there, when it's referenced more often, when it's visited more often, right? And that's going to improve your search ranking as well. So just giving, slowing down and having a thought about like, what's actually going to make this more useful to the human being. So just as an example, if you're doing a list post, let's say we're listing out whatever, my top 15 podcasts that I listen to for this, that, or the other thing. What's going to make that actually even more useful for the person? Is it just listing the podcast or is it like giving it your favorite episode or talking about why that one would be good for a particular person to listen to, right? It's going that extra step a little bit deeper that's going to not only help you engage with your audience and build that trust factor, but it's also going to be better for Google, right? Because the longer somebody, if somebody clicks on it and stays there, that signals their little web browsers that your quality content and quality engagement is really the holy grail in content marketing, right? It's not just the click, but we want time spent on the page, the second click, the third click, and so on. Oh, it's so good. It's so good to hear it. Like, I've got somebody who joined my mastermind who bought a content website, wants to scale it. Quickly Mm -hmm. um, worked out a strategy to get more scale, revised one of the posts, um, and he he's in the niche of the business. Like he, he likes the niche of the business he bought, which is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when he started to revise the piece of content that he created, he could see that the previous piece of content was just written by somebody who was just taught to go away and do a bit of research about that subject and put something together. Whereas right. he actually sat in the shoes or, you know, put on the shoes of that audience and really understood where they're at in their journey or like what, you know, what to do, how to go, how to get to, you know, this from A to B and Mm -hmm. wrote from that point of view rather than just like a cookie cutter method of here's the info, here's the quick information that I perceive that you'd want to know without being in their, in their shoes. And I think, I think there's so many content creators out there, not just content creators, but so many people will buy a website business a content website, a blog, and then hire a writer to do the work. But in their SOP won't be understand the niche, understand where they're at. <laughs> right, <laughs> Isn't that right. crazy? Well, and, and this is, I'm going to have to get on a soapbox here for just a second, right. if you forgive me, because <laughs> there are so many um, services I'm seeing right now that are trying to provide content at scale, right? So they're trying to provide mm-hmm. that writer at a super cheap, affordable price, for the business owner, which Mm -hmm. is great. Like I don't have any problem, like, you know, capitalism. Okay. That works. But (laughs) (laughs) the problem with that is that when you're paying somebody a very low price for a piece of content, you're going to get what you pay for to some extent, right? Because that means the writer has to work that much harder. They have to write more pieces to pay their rent and put food on their table, which means they're going to do it as quickly as possible. So they're going to go on Google, read the first one or two or three 
results for whatever your topic is, try to synthesize all that into something new. I'm not saying they're going to plagiarize, but they, you know, they're just going to do the bare minimum of research, pop it into a new document and give you that as a blog post. And technically, yes, that's a brand new blog post, but is it taking it to that, that next level? Probably not. So you, if you are going to hire a writer and you want to build that trust and, and really be a leader in your niche as a content provider, you have to be willing to pay a little bit more so you get a better product. Yeah, for sure. The, the, you know, condensing like the top three articles and putting it into your own article and then highly <laughs> optimizing that for SEO, it can, right. it can be a piece of content on your site, but the, the level of performance and how much traffic you get from that may not be exceptional. For example, this, yep. this person in the mastermind, he's like, cool, this is, this is ranking here at this level and it's getting X amount of traffic. And he was like, I'm going to recreate this. As he recreated it, within like a week or two, he was doubled the traffic. He didn't right. actually highly optimize. Like this post was, the previous post was optimized for SEO, but he didn't mm -hmm. really optimize it. His new one, the revised version for Opti SEO, what it did is he revised it for the human and then mm. doubled the traffic, which is mm -hmm. just so awesome to be able to talk about on this podcast episode. Love because. That. Most people like SEO, SEO, SEO. That's what's going to get me the rank. And that's just drummed into everybody in the industry. Right. Whereas like, hang on, human, like also the algorithm has this thing called, you know, time on page and bounce rate. And mm -hmm. they reward people or reward articles that people stay longer on, which is technically SEO as well, but it comes from writing for the user. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's important to remember too, is, is, you know, a lot of times SEO, people think it's just a numbers game, you know, which, which keywords are going to get me the most traffic for the least amount of competition. Well, <laughs> okay. But thinking about the longer tail keywords that might not have as much traffic, might not have as many searches, but dang, when those people land on your thing and they find exactly what they're looking for, they're going to stay there. They're going to be loyal to you. They're going to trust, right? So mm -hmm. it, a lot of times in my world, um, I'm not as interested in ranking number one for some really broad keyword. Mm -hmm. I'm much happier helping my client rank for a smaller long tail keyword, but those people are exactly who they want it, right? It's that, again, it's a higher, mm -hmm. it's a higher quality engagement as opposed to more engagements. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are astounded when you're in a certain niche that is a very tight niche um, and there's not too many people, they're astounded with like the conversion rates on everything, mm -hmm. like email, sales, whatever it is. Right. Like, well, hang on, this is beating all the benchmarks, but it's because, you know, less people but more quality people that are like Higher heavily quality. bought in. Exactly. So, so I wanted to ask you um, about content creation without a strategy. Like mm -hmm. this is this can be good strategy and it can be bad strategies. Uh, the, the strategies that most people learn are the ones that they learn from cookie cutter courses that yeah. people have built and regurgitated, yeah. um, not through experience, or they're getting it from information, which is free information. And free information, let's face it, is is free. You get what you pay for. You said that <laughs> you earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, through blogs and stuff like that. So, 
What's a, you know, I, I know that before we jumped on, you talked about one of your clients who, um, you know, you helped her and, and she's in like sort of like the, the, the health niche, right? Yeah. Um, and she, you know, you, you got a few, you created a few articles for her. You got ranked number one and you had a bit of a strategy around how you would get more traffic and more quality traffic. What, is a, what does a bad strategy look like? compared to a good strategy that you may have used for this, this client? Sure. Well, so a bad strategy is no strategy at all. That's, that's not a good one. So don't mm-hmm. go there. You know, um, I, I do see that a lot where people are just like, I'll just write whatever I think of. It sounds like your audience are much more focused and, and trying to, you know, understand that they need to have a strategy. So, yeah. um, you know, another, I, I think another bad strategy would be like, pick again, picking those really broad keywords and trying to rank for something. So she, she was in, um, she's a health coach who helps people with, uh, IBS. Mm -hmm. And so like, even just trying to rank for IBS would be very hard. Um, you know, you're you're, at that point, you're, you're fighting against like Mayo clinic and other, you know, Wikipedia that's defining it. Right. So it would have been a really poor strategy to try to build those really big keywords for her. What we did instead was we tried very specific keywords to the type of coaching she did, which was um, helping people do an elimination diet, right? Mm. So we we would write things about like, oh, I'm trying to remember, it's been a minute, but you know, things like, um, can you have X ingredients on an eliminate, elimination diet? How do you reintroduce foods on this particular FODMAPs, IBS, yes, elimination yes. diet, right? So we, these were very long tail keywords, but they did really well. And then she would go back and the ones that we could see were doing well, that she was getting good conversion rates on, she started running Google ads Mm. to those as well, because she was sending highly targeted traffic to those blog posts that we already had demonstrated were doing well with her ideal audience. So cool. So let's break this down even further. Long tail keyword was doing really well. So you've kind of got proof of concept before you, you know, you started to build the fire, the fire's already burning before you added fuel, which is the ads. Right. Is it just search ads for similar keywords that you, then you they just got the ad on the top of the search bar that pushed more traffic to them? Like yeah. what was that sort of strategy? That was her strategy, yes. Just yeah. to kind of have uh, adjacent keywords and yeah. and send traffic to those to those particular articles rather than having an ad that was like buy now or you know, uh, even yeah. even opt in for my thing. This was stri- dr- driving traffic straight to articles, which then in her case usually had an opt in at the bottom to join her email list. Um, she also did really well with those articles on Pinterest because of the niche she was in. Um, a lot of people are searching for food and diet related information on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. So those same articles, you know, when we, when we did those, we could use the same keywords in the description in Pinterest and those did really well as well. I'm so glad we're talking about this because like breaking it all down is going to help people sort of understand the full strategy here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't run ads for my business in like the last year. Right. And we only started yeah. experimenting lately and it did, it, it's grown through, through content marketing, which is, you know, to not run paid ads for like a course sort of business is like unheard of in online <laughs> right. business. Right. It's like, you right, don't have right. a business unless you're running paid ads. Uh, but it is because of a strategy that worked. Now, the strategy that I see similar to what I'm doing, different type of content, obviously, but I'm so glad that we're talking about running ads to 
a, a written article, but it only works because there's a back end attached to it, right? Right. Like, right. The, you know, you can see that the money spent on ads is going to get X result. So I'm sure that through this strategy, she's testing different call to actions on that piece of content. And it's not ads to try and sell people straight away. It's ads to like, hey, be my friend. And then I'm <laughs> going to build this relationship over time through like email content. Yeah. So was that her strategy to get people traffic to the site, win them over with an awesome article to then email? And then she had some good email content marketing as well. Is that what she did? Yeah. So, you know, it's a whole ecosystem at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've got all the different pieces, but yes. So um, the ad would drive to a piece of content that was solving a particular problem. Like Mm. for example, how do I reintroduce foods after I've done an elimination diet? Mm -hmm. Um, And then she would probably, she'd have this really in-depth article. And then there would probably be uh, a a call to action that was like, if you'd like this as a PDF, click here to download it. And and you'll also join my email. Right. So then they're giving her a free, a free, a little, freebie, which mm-hmm. also builds that trust, right? We were talking about earlier, how do you build trust? Well, giving somebody something valuable for free builds trust. They get to know, like, and trust you. And then they're on her email list and she would generally repurpose uh, what was on the blog in the email. So, um, you know, if she's writing an article about how to do an elimination diet, then the email that week would be also about that. So, yeah. and then it's all leading to, she, she sold courses and had coaching. Um, mm-hmm. That was her end, mm-hmm. end result there. But even if you have a, a business that's driven by advertising on site, you know, you can also sell ads in your newsletter. You can also sell ads, um, do affiliate marketing through email newsletters. So yep. there's still a lot of money in a list, even if your blog is your, you know, the content is the, is the product, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I have um, two guests that are coming on very soon that are huge in affiliate marketing mm. and they don't, they, they create content, but how they make their money is through affiliate marketing via email and they right. are doing big, big stuff. Right. Uh, whereas people are thinking very, you know, very close to home in terms of I need to make money as soon as possible. As soon as somebody comes to my site, let me choke them and like get the money <laughs> out of them, right? Like right. with their affiliate marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is no, you have to build up that relationship first because yeah. especially with, think about it this way, with an affiliate marketing strategy, you're actually loaning your credibility to the person that you're affiliating for, right? So mm-hmm. you have to have the credibility in the first place in order mm-hmm. to make that work. The audience has to trust you in order for when you say, hey, my friend is selling this thing and it's really great, then they trust your recommendation, right? But you have to build up the trust first with you. Otherwise it's just like spam at that point. Why do I care? If I don't trust you, I don't trust your recommendation. I won't buy the thing you're saying I should buy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. People are just creating content for the sake of getting traffic, but they're not. That's not the end game. Oh, but they're so good (laughs) at getting traffic, but they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? It's, It's like trying to make a million friends and seeing them once a year or calling them once a year. It's just mm-hmm. like, what do you, you know, you've got no real connection. You've got no fulfillment out of that. Like you're not harnessing the power of it. Right. It's it's scary. And next I also want to pivot to like 
this is you might have another soapbox to get on here. Um, <laughs> I usually do. <laughs> it's it's around quantity versus quality, and so yeah. there's there's a certain thing that we have, and I, I notice this when I go away and watch YouTube videos. I'm obsessed with surfing, and I watch <laughs> a lot of YouTube videos that are around surfing. And I really like to watch the ones that are only like a few days old, right? Otherwise, I'm like, oh, oh this is old. I don't, you know, not really. <laughs> old news, sure. Oh, it's old news, right? So, like, I like to watch the most current things and I like to consume the most current content. So there is this aspect of us as human beings wanting to get the latest piece of content, right, or the latest thing, yeah. um, which forces us to have to keep continuing creating content because, I mean, yes, we can build a business with one article, put ads to it, email lists, harness the email list and sell, right? Which is yes. the best route, I believe, to go and, and focus on that first before more. Mm-hmm. So, guys, think about that when you're listening to this podcast. But then we do have this aspect of like, let's create more content to like reach people in different ways and stuff like that. Sure. What's the, what's the, talk to me about your, approach of, 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 um, you know, quantity versus quality. Yeah. So this will be unsurprising to you, but I'm always going to advocate quality over quantity. Um, Mm -hmm. however, there are different business models, right? So, um, if you're watching surfing videos, for example, and they're reviewing products, those Mm -hmm. have to be up to date, right? If they're telling you about the latest thing, those absolutely have to be current and there have to be, you just have to keep producing it because that's what that business model is, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If however, you're doing uh, something that's more evergreen, right? Um, There are tricks, of course, in the blogging world where you can take the dates off so that it doesn't show up with a date on there. So it doesn't feel like old news. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If it's, if it's, uh, you know, an evergreen topic that's continuously useful, then maybe it's about not so much creating new content on something newsworthy or, or, you know, whatever the latest happening is, but rather trying to get people who are at a slightly different point in their customer journey or that have a slightly different interest, uh, you know, things like that, that then it might be about creating a quality piece of content that's evergreen. Like you were talking about that one article that can run your business. Well, great. How do we clone that for the person who's just slightly different point in their journey Mm. or, and so on. So those sorts of things, I would much rather, um, I would much rather focus on the quality content over quantity because quantity, it's just going to put you in debt forever. Right. (laughs) Those YouTube guys that you love to watch, they are in continual content debt yeah. because they have to keep putting it out or their or or their audience is going to dry up because their audience is you. You want the latest thing because they've given mm-hmm. you that latest thing. Mm-hmm. They have painted themselves into a corner. They got to keep mm-hmm. doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if we have a, a model that's more like, let me give you a really solid evergreen, this is this information is never going to expire mm. <laughs> article, then you don't have to worry so much about feeding the beast. You can focus on creating, okay, well, I've served this small niche of my audience. Now I want to serve this small niche with a similar high quality evergreen piece of content. Yeah. This is, this is what I do with my business is I have one phenomenal playlist guys if you're listening you haven't gone away and check this i have a youtube playlist on how i made my first hundred grand buying websites go away and watch it it's got everything you need to know to get started doing this 
but then we have just like other pieces of the content that are like supporting documents for that, which is what right. we release, like this podcast episode, for example. Right, right. <laughs> well, think yeah. of it as kind of a, um, a hub and spoke model, right? Mm-hmm. So if you imagine a wheel, your hub is your mo- your highest quality piece of content, the thing you really want to drive people to. Maybe that's where you have your best call to action, or that's the thing that has proven to convert the best over time. And then everything else are the spokes that lead to the hub. And so that might be your podcast. It might be, you know, I don't know, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, that's driving traffic one way or another back to that hub. So for you, I would say your, your hub is probably that playlist, right? Because that's your, that's your core content. And then everything else is spokes that are driving traffic over time back to that playlist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so for me to and for others to be able to create great supporting documents and other pieces of content, which are these spokes, um, mm-hmm. we really need to know like I'm in a great position that I know my audience so well because I've been there and I just work mm-hmm. with with those people. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. there's other people that have bought a content website, it's in a niche that they don't really know and they're like, you know, how do I train my writers or how do I become able to or learn the to speak the customer language to learn how to put myself in their shoes what are some of the things that you would teach somebody that's like i want to create better content for the human like what would you what would you mention to them to do yeah so the very first exercise that's going to be super helpful is to sort of map out your customer journey so where do they start when they don't even realize they have the problem that you solve Mm. and then how do they move all the way to being ready to purchase a solution Mm -hmm. that's an ad that you're running on your site or something that you sell right so what does that journey look like and one of my favorite examples of how to do this is um, actually from airbnb they hired a a storyboard artist like from hollywood and they literally storyboarded they drew pictures they storyboarded out the customer journey when they were getting started like why does somebody rent a room off airbnb and that got them really into the mindset of the person doing it so so take some time really think about that what are they googling before they even know they have a problem and then what are they looking at what's every stage in between right so that's a really good place to start mm. another super secret not that secret place that i like to go is every niche is going to have books on google right yep. so go look up some books on google in your niche And look at the comments. And I especially like the one and two star reviews because not because I'm feeling, you know, evil toward the author of the book, but because that's going to reveal where the gaps are. So the reviews that say this was a pretty good book, but it really didn't go into X, Y, Z, or I was hoping it would tell me this, but it didn't, it didn't actually go into that. Aha, that's the gold. That's Mm. where you're going to find the places that people are missing. They're looking for information and not finding it. And so that's a really great place to go sort of data mine (laughs) and, and then use their exact words, use the customer's exact words and regurgitate it back to them. So this could also be in your own comments. You know, if you have, If you're buying a site that has a backlog of blog posts and there's comments on there, go back, look through them. What are people asking? Where are they asking for more information? What do they like? What don't they like? And actually use their words Mm -hmm. and regurgitate. That's a copywriting trick that never gets old because then that's when you get people leaving comments. It's like, oh my God, it was like you were in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, they just took took the, the raw data and used it. 
uh, I think that's awesome. Another way to add to that, and this won't be for everybody that's listening um, because they may not have an email list, but those that do is submit, like say, hey, I want to create better content for you guys. Can you fill out this three-question survey and let me know like what's your biggest frustration in this niche? And they can tell you, they literally will tell you what you should be creating. <laughs> yeah. And then you can look for patterns and again, do, use their own words, um, re- regurgitate it back to them in their own words as much as possible, because that's really where they'll be like, oh yeah, that's me. That's, that's, that's the right answer for me. Speaking my language. That's right. Yeah. Lacey, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can we send people to your blog um, or if you've got a free resource to, to check out what you're doing, because guys, you should check out our site. It's, it's, it's really well written. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You can go to lacyboggs.com and the blog is there. There's uh, nine years, I guess, of back posts at this wow. point. So there's lots of information. Um, if you want more about, for example, the customer journey, just put customer journey into the search box on there and so blog posts will come up on that, but that's the best place to find me. And uh, I also hang out on Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me there as well. Cool guys. I'll be putting the links to that in the show notes. For those of you guys that are like getting into content, like wanting to buy a content website, or you have buddies that are wanting to get into buying a content website or even own a content website, make sure you do them a massive favor. Yes, it's a massive favor to me in the podcast. We're going to help grow this thing and get the message out to more people to be better business owners. But share this podcast episode with them so they can get the golden nuggets that we talked about in like how to rank on number one on Google without focusing on SEO, how to actually harness a great relationship with people in your content or using your content and how to build a business without thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of content and being actually in content debt. And you can do it with just one. So please make sure you share this episode with them. Thanks so much for listening. I'll speak to you on the next one. 